Welcome to the Idea Climbing Podcast. Today, I'm here with Matt Duchman, who runs Double Take Promotional Marketing, a company that specializes in promotional products and branded swag for professional services firms, colleges and universities, the financial industry, and advertising and marketing agencies. Today, we'll be discussing how to grow your client base by marketing to your existing clients, how to create a client appreciation campaign and add it to your existing marketing strategy, even during the pandemic, when and how to ask for referrals from existing clients without seeming pushy, and more golden nuggets of advice. I hope you enjoy the show. It's good to have you here, Matt. Thank you for making the time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. And with your business, one of the big things that your catchphrase or your marketing belief, if you will, is make them look twice. How did you come up with that and what does that mean? Yeah, um, our our company is Double Take Promotional Marketing. So uh, the tagline is make them look twice, which is a, you know, kind of a natural offshoot of the double take concept. Um, But for us, it's a, it's like a two-pronged tagline, two-pronged rallying cry. It's, um, you know, for, I think that the more obvious is that the product's that we produce for our clients will make their viewers look twice. So that's, uh, that's the, um, you know, the more traditional meaning of the tagline, but it's also got a, a pretty hefty internal meaning for us. Make them look twice is a, rally, a rallying cry for myself and my team that for every proposal we put together for a, a, a client or a new prospect, we want to show them something that they've never seen before or show them some really, really fresh creative idea that they would not have expected. So we, we want to make our own clients look twice with, um, with the work that we're doing for them. And once you look twice and get their attention, then what happens? I mean, what does that process <laughs> look like? Okay. You got my attention. I look twice. Yeah. Well, and that's, so it's, it's funny on some of our marketing materials, I have this, this statement that we say first impressions are everything. We make them look twice. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, it's, uh, you know, you have that first impression where they, they did the double take. Now they're, now their eyeballs are on you. Okay. Well now what are you, what are you offering? Right. So, um, and you know, for us, it's outstanding service, it's creativity, it's, it's high quality products. It's a great customer experience, but I think we can all say that in whatever industry we're in, all of our clients are striving to, uh, you know, to provide excellent service, to provide, um, an excellent product offering for whatever, you know, their, their realm of business is for their clients. And another great piece of advice that we talked about on our last spoke about during our last conversation, is you said, it's seven times easier to get a new sale from an existing client. And I would guess that would spill into referrals, but 80% of marketing budgets are spent on getting new clients. Why do you think that is? Yeah, that's, um, it's something that, uh, you know, I started the business almost 11 years ago. And that was a statistic that I heard at that time um, that really surprised me. Seven times easier to get a repeat sale from an existing client. But we, you know, mark a typical marketing budget is is so heavily focused on acquiring new clients. And I, I why do I think that is? I mean, you know, I, in order to grow, you always have to be attracting new clients. So it's not to say that you shouldn't be focusing any efforts on new clients, but, um, you know, especially in a, in a service type business, um, that, um, that 
generates uh, new opportunities through referrals, it's very important to stay top of mind with and show appreciation for existing clients. So that was something that even back then I, I always, you know, kind of turn that statistic backwards for my own business. And, and we spend the majority of our advertising budget on um, treating our existing clients like gold and, um, and doing what we can to, to show appreciation to them and stay top of mind. And you've been doing that since day one, or did you learn it along the way? Um, I, I've really been doing it since day one. Um, I started my company. Um, well, I, I started in this industry cold calling um, and in person, driving around my hometown in New York, knocking on doors of businesses, trying to sell promotional products and did not have very good experience doing that. It wasn't really until I started developing my professional network and um, really developing deep relationships with people that we could refer business to one another that I really started to, to see business click and, and really got the inspiration to, to start my company. Um, and so kind of jumping right into it with that methodology of trying to build referral relationships, um, I, I always approached it from that standpoint of, of doing whatever I can to, to just stay top of mind, add value to my network or my clients um, to, uh, to, you know, what we say now is we, we turn clients into referral sources. And that's what I've, I've always tried to do even for our own clients. And if I heard you right just now, is it, is it a common practice that you're referring business to your clients also? Whenever possible, I try to add value to my clients in whatever ways I can outside of even the, the you know, the narrow scope of, of the products and services that we provide. So yeah, if, if I can refer business to my clients and help them grow, I'm, I'm always uh, looking out for ways to do that, for sure. And another thing with your clients, as far as giving, providing value for them, you had mentioned that last April, you did a client appreciation campaign. Can you share what you did? Yeah, it was, uh, we were celebrating our 10 year anniversary in business last April. And um, it was right at the, the, the beginning of, uh, you know, the, the COVID crisis. And, um, you know, so for our, our five year anniversary celebration, we rented out, uh, I rented out a suite at a minor league baseball game. Um, the team was a client of ours. So I, I invited all my clients and all my uh, friends and family and referral sources and people I network with. And we had a great time. We had a, a party in the, in the, you know, the private suite and I arranged it so that I could throw out the first pitch of the game. And so it was a really uh, big celebration for us. And then five years later, of course, to top it, we were all uh, locked in our homes. So couldn't really do anything along those same lines, but we wanted to still really bring positivity um, to people and, and, you know, come at it from a kind of a mindset of abundance rather than, um, you know, concern, um, despite that being a very uncertain time for our business and for a lot of our, our clients and our friends and family and everyone. Um, and so we, uh, we ran a client appreciation campaign where we created a, a web store that we shared with, with a lot of our top clients um, and gave them the opportunity to choose um, from a selection of gifts that we put together. And they were work from home themed uh, gift packages of promotional items. So we had a, a work from home essentials kit, a tech essentials kit, a, um, a home happy hour kit, all of which had, you know, four or five promotional items uh, branded with our graphics on it. Um, so we shared that out and we had a Zoom happy hour, which was uh, 
at the time, I think revolutionary or, or at least <laughs> not, not an everyday occurrence, but now uh, I think we're all a little bit zoom happy houred out. <laughs> yeah. Every, every, it's almost every day. I, there's an opportunity to join another zoom happy. It's like, I can't get drunk at home. No, <laughs> I can't drink that much. <laughs> so with client appreciation, are there any, are there any other things that you would say people need to do? Cause I know, especially with entrepreneurs and entrepreneurial people, that's so important. Yeah, it's all about staying top of mind. And, um, you know, in, our, in one of our uh, previous conversations, we were talking about, um, uh, you know, how to generate referral business from existing clients and, um, you know, not being too pushy. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm with you, I'm with, and I think we most of us feel this way that, that it's, it's an uncomfortable, awkward situation to actually ask a client for a referral. Um, and so we shy away from it. But, um, I think that, you know, a lot of the time we, we could do more of that, um, in, in a direct manner, you know, and the, the time to do it is not some kind of contrived, uh, you know, out of the blue phone call asking for a referral, but it's when you, when you solve a major problem for a client, when you deliver a project, uh, and really knock a client's socks off and your stock is at an all time high, that's the time to ask for a referral. You, you know, you could, that's the time to say, Hey, I'm really glad you're, you're really happy with this outcome. You know, we really value your relationship and we, we love working with other organizations just like yours. Is there anyone that you know of who you could connect us with, um, who we also might be able to help? Um, so that's, that's one thing for, you know, generating referrals. Um, but another, um, that we do that, you know, kind of, integrates with client appreciation is staying, just staying top of mind with clients, um, sending promotional items to, uh, clients and to referral sources to, uh, give them something that's useful and something that they're going to use repeatedly that has our graphics on it, even if just very subtly, just to, to stay top of mind so that the next time an opportunity to refer us does, uh, cross their desk, they don't, forget about us or they don't miss that opportunity. They're thinking about us and they're able to, to make that referral when it would be ideal for us. What about repeat business from your current clients? Because there's, there's a fine line between get, being pushy and providing value. How do you go about that? Um, yeah, I think, um, you know, again, you could, you could be reactive and just assume that a client knows you're there and will reach out to you when they have a need. Um, but there are ways to be proactive and that's, um, again, staying top of mind in unique ways and different ways each time so that maybe, um, they didn't, you know, a, a client didn't realize the full scope of services that you offer. Um, and, and maybe they were going elsewhere for something that, uh, you know, that, um, that they otherwise could have been getting from you. Um, so um, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's just, I think it all starts with, uh, with, with staying top of mind and having that conversation be kind of ongoing and not being so reactive to just wait for a client to have a new opportunity to, to come forward with. And for the business owners, entrepreneurs out there, when you got started, what was the, what was the biggest roadblock you had to overcome when you were getting started 10 years ago? You know, thinking back, that was, you know, in, in 2010, I mean, we, we look back on that time now as economic recovery um, and, and, you know, a strong economy that was, you know, it was building and growing. But in that time, 
it was still, you know, bouncing back from the crisis in 2008. And um, I remember that all I heard, you know, in the business climate, all you'd hear all around you was how bad the economy was. And people were, were using that and making a lot of excuses. And I made a decision very early on that I was never going to complain about the economy. I was never going to let uh, external factors beyond my control influence my mindset and influence the way I went about um, what what I could control within my business. Um, and so, um, you know, I just always really, uh, you know, went at it with a with an abundance mindset and a and, and a positive um, outlook. And I think having that mindset back then really um, translated and, and paid dividends for how we were able to enter the COVID crisis last year and not, you know, just crawl in a ball and, you know, and cry, which I felt like doing a lot of the time, but, but kind of, <laughs> you know, knew better and knew that we had to, you know, I had to just keep my head up and, and had to lead my team in a, in a decisive and, and positive way where we, you know, where we really looked for opportunities and, and, um, and just, you know, tried to make the best of, of any situation and not, um, let anything that we couldn't control affect at least how we were, how we were thinking in, in the time. So, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but I think it was, it was yeah. a, it was a way that we, I, I kind of overcame a roadblock early on that I think has, has helped with just the, the, my outlook on business in the long term. And how about currently, what are you doing? What, what have been your pivots and, or new marketing techniques, things during COVID, what would you suggest for other business owners? Um, well, it's hard to, to suggest, you know, because look, there are industries that have just been decimated by COVID and, and that are still, um, seeing just horrendous effects of it. And, and so it's hard to kind of pin down anything in particular other than mindset. Um, but for us, you know, specifically in our industry, you know, in March, April of, of 2020, we were seeing th th this global shortage of medical grade PPE and uh, hospitals that had trouble getting adequate masks and and isolation gowns and face shields. And then, you know, remarkably, my industry, we a lot of our manufacturers and suppliers pivoted their manufacturing to make this type of equipment and offer it to us to sell to our clients. Um, so when I was seeing that uh, that disconnect in the in the supply chain, I found myself in in a kind of a unique position to be able to help. Um, so at the time we, we did a lot, we facilitated um, a lot of orders of masks N 95 masks, um, face shields and, uh, and medical mat, uh, you know, the other, the disposable medical masks. And we did um, the vast majority of that for really no profit at all to us um, just to kind of, um, you know, get the merchandise to where it needed to go when, when there was a crisis and, and we were helping, you know, medical facilities and, and, um, uh, clients that, you know, dealt with, um, with, a, you know, compromised population. Um, so that was something that we did just to, you know, and quite frankly, at the time there wasn't a lot else going on. So even, even these projects, they just kept me busy doing something. Um, but then, uh, we saw the, the introduction of, of branded PPE. Um, and, you know, a year ago at this time, 
uh, you know, it's January 26th today, I, January 26th, 2020, had no idea that uh, masks would be one of our top selling products and, uh, and that we'd be doing branded <laughs> face masks and, um, and that, you know, hand sanitizers would be all the rage. Um, um, but we, you know, we adapted to those needs and a lot of our clients are colleges and universities. Um, so our summer, in, in the summer last year, we got very busy supplying them with PPE kits um, to help them put together a plan for how they were going to reopen their campuses in the fall. Um, so we um, we created this uh, new website, which actually came from um, a way that we developed to connect with our higher education clients. Was we created this mock university, Double Take University, and our our fake mascot is the the double take defenders because we're the defenders of your brand standards and that was something that we created completely independently of covid as just a deeper way of connecting with our higher education clients um but then that double take defenders concept adapted into um defending against germs and we created this website doubletakedefenders.com which is a ppe kit builder where you can go and uh, choose your your mask and choose a, a hand sanitizer and a touch gadget and a, a whole assortment of PPE and put them in custom packaging and customize your own PPE kits for, um, you know, for colleges to use for return to campus and for companies to use for returning to office. Um, so that's kind of a, another, you know, adaptation that came out of the pandemic for us. Well, and one thing you mentioned is during the pandemic, people had time for better or worse, they had time on their hands all of a sudden. And just to take a quick break for a couple of minutes from the pure business talk, share your side project about the children's person, the children's book. <laughs> yeah, that was actually something I have two kids, uh, four and a half and two and a half. And um, I, uh, you know, so I read a ton of children's books to them all, all the time. And um, it actually started more than a year ago, I got the inspiration to, to write a children's book that kind of it it evolved from a little you know bedtime story that I would tell the kids, um, and then you know so it grew into this book that I wrote, and um, the book is called When You Hear the Thunder Rumble, and what it came from is when when it's a thunderstorm outside and our kids are scared of the thunder, uh, I'll tell them don't worry, um, it, you know it's just God playing the drums. And <laughs> that would help calm my, my kids down. And they would, re they really get a kick out of that. My kids are both really into music. Um, so, um, so they, they love that whole concept. And I adapted that, you know, into a, a longer book that with a rhyme scheme. And, um, so the first page is when you hear the thunder rumble, like a hippo took a tumble, don't be scared. Don't be glum. It's just God banging his drum. Um, <laughs> and the whole book is lots of fun, um, goofy activities to do inside on a, on a rainy day. And, um, and yeah, at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, I kind of put that side project on hold, but when things restabilized a little bit, decided to really go for it and uh, got the book published um, towards the end of last year in November. And uh, so it's, it's available now. <laughs> Congratulations. And going back to business and closing, people are listening and they're saying, let's go, let's say entrepreneurs. There's, I, I'm busy. I like a lot of the things that you said, but I, I have time to change one thing I'm doing with marketing. What would you tell them? If you're, if you're only going to do one thing because you're too busy to do 10, what would you tell them to do? Wow. Um, well, the overarching, I would say there has to be a strategy behind 
there has to be a strategy behind everything, behind every facet of marketing that you use, there has to be a strategy. So if nothing else, if it's just going to be one thing, really define what the overall marketing strategy is going to be, and then make sure that each tactic you use is aligned with that strategy so that it's a cohesive unit that will improve the effectiveness of all the marketing tactics that you're using. Um, so just, it's really just like starts from the top and making sure that that strategy is well-defined. Then the, the website, the email marketing, the content marketing, the um, promotional products, client appreciation campaigns, events, whatever other marketing tactics you're using are all going to see more effectiveness if they're aligned with the one centralized strategy to, to ensure that you're delivering the correct message to the correct target market for the correct purpose so that you know, it, it moves people through that sales funnel. Excellent advice. Thank you so much. And if people want to find you online, Matt, where can they go? Uh, our main website is make them look twice.com. And I'm, uh, I'm one of only very few. I imagine Matt Deutschman's on LinkedIn. So easy to find me there. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you again. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I also hope that you'll subscribe to the Idea Climbing podcast and rate us on iTunes. Visit ideaclimbing.com to learn more about idea climbing and hear more episodes about mentoring, marketing, and big ideas.